This episode of, is that what it's called? This episode of Probably Science is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website or online portfolio. For a free trial and 10% off your first purchase, go to squarespace.com and use offer code PROBABLYSCIENCE. Probably Science. Welcome to Probably Science. I'm Andy Wood, joined as always by Jesse Case. Hello. And Matt Kirshen. Hey, welcome back, Andy. Oh, man, I'm so bummed to miss last week. You I guys. know, you're gutted. You're stuck oh, in the office and, uh, well, we brutal. were going physics Although it turns out, um, Jana had no idea that you'd missed the episode. We found out. Oh, yeah. She thought yeah. Jesse was me. She thought, yeah, she thought I was you. I saw so. the realized she, you were, Jesse wasn't on the show when Jana did it last. No, I wasn't. So it was like, oh, the American voice must be Andy. Sure. <laughs> sort of a BCAD type thing. Uh, no, absolutely. It was uh, it was a very good episode. I listened back. It was interesting to listen to an episode of our show as as, a, as an outsider. It yeah, was, you know, it's not bad. It was it's not bad. It was it's not a bad product. It's not a bad, we're not put on a bad thing. Yeah, someone a sent product. a story this week that said that um, everything we talked about last week might not now be true. Oh really? Oh no, no. But I haven't had a chance to. But I'm going to send it to uh, our physicists first and get them to vet that story yeah. before we start discussing it more. Yeah, we can't. I think we spent a lot enough time talking about the Big Bang. No, absolutely, absolutely. We lost a lot of listeners. Not lost in terms of they stopped listening, but like halfway through, they, their brains melted. They had to turn off their. There was a well. There was a point when Jesse and I both also just went. Yeah. There, there was a point where the physicists forgot that we were also on the show and started having a discussion between <laughs> each other about whether this were just, proves the quantization of gravity. And yeah, we got to hear a real inside physicist talk where they're, <laughs> they're speaking in prime numbers and stuff. And uh, but I like that because usually we're talking inside comedy and why not have some inside science stuff? You sure. Know? Like who gets sure. to ever hear those conversations? But uh, a lot of you, a lot of you said some nice things about that and apparently it helped a lot of you have a better grasp on what was going on with that story and it certainly helped me understand it. So yeah. thank yeah. you again to Jana, Jamie and, uh, uh, and Larry, Larry yeah. for helping us out on that one. Uh, we should, um, uh, we've got a couple of people to thank, and then we should introduce our guests, but a uh, uh, big thank you to donors uh, Daniela Pine uh, and um, oh, Paul Loeb, who was the uh, EMT who wrote us with the information about the heroin anti-overdose drug. Yeah, that was super He was kind enough to then donate as well, so thank well, you thank for- Well, thank you, Paul. He, he donated because he was- retracting his previous donation he he wrote in saying his previous donation was not enough and he so he redonated and we would like to encourage any other listeners if you think you haven't donated enough <laughs> if you donated too little maybe you have is it keeping you up at night <laughs> you know double it up go to probablyscience.com uh, the squarespace yeah. powered probablyscience.com and hit, click the donate button uh, christopher louder uh i think we Georgia hit him last well. week we didn't hit him, but we mentioned him last oh, week. Well, Did he donate again? Used, you, um, I don't think so. So we well, might have just we'll double-thinked. That's no fine. Harm in double there, no, there's no somebody. harm at all. I just the name sounds familiar, or, or maybe I know him. I don't know. I might know the guy. Another listener commented and said that we should be plugging our site more, which is powered by Squarespace, of course. Uh, ProbablyScience.com has all your Probably Science needs, including pictures of past recordings, um, every episode catalog, because I think you can only get the last 100 episodes through the iTunes listing, right? They only have like a rolling back 100. So if you want to hear the first eight episodes, you have to go directly to ProbablyScience.com. We should, how about we delete those from the Probably Science site and then just release that on compact disc form. Ooh. You know, like a box set. Maybe like a uh, like a mini disc or like a Super 8, some kind of a defunct format. Some defunct format will make yeah. it very expensive. Mm-hmm. You get it on vinyl. Like those get labels our... that only put out cassettes now? That's a thing? I know it's a thing, and that's that's brutal. Um, Unnecessary. Um, 
We've, we've got a couple of people who wrote in with things. But before we do, I think we should introduce our guest. Yes. Uh, oh, thank God. Oh. <laughs> I know. Oh, God, I've been You've trying been to be freed. so professional. Just, just hanging on here so I'm not a disembodied voice. Hey, we haven't introduced you yet, oh, so God, just hold tight. No, don't back say up, anything. Don't say anything. Is that... I, it's I, like playing freeze tag. It's like arbitrary <laughs> rules you're following. <laughs> you're frozen until we say you're not. No, it's not not frozen. It's just you know you, the disembodied floating Irish voice. I could be some kind of ghost. You know, and if it's a science program, that would be interesting to explore. This place. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this. I could fully believe this weird house in the Hollywood oh, Valley yeah. could easily have some of Irish all ghosts. The ghosts. All the ghosts we have here, at least mm-hmm. two all or ghosts. three of them must be um, Irish. All of them are Irish. Well, let Irish. me tell you guys that according to a uh, woman that believes in astral projection that was here a few weeks ago, uh, no, our house is not haunted. Uh, she would know. <laughs> Um, I'm tired, by the way, for the people who still have still disappointed. Um, There's a preamble. A very good friend of mine, uh, a comedian, actor, improviser, voiceover, talent, writer, all around good egg, and ghost. And and, and Irish ghost. Tara Flynn. And we we heard you at the top of the episode anyway. Yeah. So why are we pretending as if we have to wait? I could have phoned that in from Dublin. That's not the same as being here in in spiritual form. It's so much more lyrical. The Irish accent. Do you think? Then almost any other accent, yeah. That's yeah. very sweet. I, 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 love, I love your accents. Let's no, you don't. Off. Nobody loves American <laughs> accents. Do I do. No. My husband's American, so there's, you know, there's got to be something in it. Okay. Mm. I, I hear it in the house every day, and it's lovely. You're still not sick of it? No, I love it. Wow. You know, it's great. But yeah, you get very sick of Irish accents when you live in Dublin. Of course. I guess. Of course. Yeah. But, of course. But I can't think of any country where you can go there and, and being American... By the way, you speak is coveted. Is there a place like that? Where are those places? Uh, what do you mean? Is there any place where you can like just think of how are, much? Is there are your British guy like an exchange student comes over in college? He's Andy, gonna, he's gonna clean up. Go ahead and bring sex into it because that's what you're asking. <laughs> where, what yes, country can you get laid solely based yes. on your voice? Quickest. Well, yes. with your American uh, accent, um, certainly in Britain in the early to mid 1940s oh you, you if you came oh, over okay. with your with oh, your nylon stockings okay. like real nylon a, a bit of chocolate in the back yeah. pocket oh. think about that <laughs> love it oh they'd have been all flocking yeah <laughs> think about that i think if still if you dress up as a 40s american gi you'd do okay just the novelty would be weird you know i mean if you just went to a bar uh like looking like john wayne By the way, I, I lived in portland oregon for a long time and they do a thing there maybe it's in a lot of port cities but fleet week you could get yeah familiar with that was in seattle it's, and that was bananas it's bonkers. Is, is, is that just when a big ship docks and a whole load of sailors run amok? Not just one. It's, it's like a thing that the Navy sets up with the city. Actually, I, don't, I know nothing about it except what I Why see at the bars. Why am I only hearing about this now? <laughs> now exactly. you're stuck tight to one man. Tied to it's, one American. Yeah, I idiot. Them all. <laughs> it's like everybody stepped in a time machine and went back to that one V-Day picture when the when the guy, as it turns out, forcibly kissed that woman on the yeah. street. Is that it true? Wasn't, it wasn't oh, quite consensual. forcible. Very yeah. forcible. She came out later and said, yeah, that was like a sexual assault. And now it's oh, an iconic word. picture. Yeah, that's let's, basically let's all have it in all the our, entirety all of Portland for a week, right? And they're still the, wearing and like sailors still wear the ridiculous like uh, Cracker Jack. Shit. Yeah, like, that's what. They, yeah, they still look like Cracker Jack, and they still forcibly kiss women. I believe. Yes, yeah. yes. But the women in Portland love it I mean, as they do in t- every city. If it turned out like that same guy as well, also forcibly attached a cat to a branch, right? <laughs> a right, right. <laughs> and they're like hoisted up a tennis, a female tennis player's skirt. Yeah. Right, right. Forcibly I didn't want erected Farrah Fawcett's yes. nipples for that poster. Yeah, like every poster you've ever seen is well. I find, yeah, Fleet Week in Seattle was crazy. It's it was crazy. The crazy. the the prostitute ratio 
there's a lot of prostitutes in Seattle. Um, and a little harder to tell in Portland, but in Seattle, tons of prostitutes. And, and both cities very progressive and a lot of sex industry. Yeah, 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 a lot of sex industry. Because well, I have theories about that that we're not going to talk about okay. on the on the show. Um, third, third wave feminism theories, sort of. Okay. It's yeah, but is that third wave ska? I was which wave of feminism are we on? Is it beyond hey, ska? Hey, or not? hey. <laughs> No, third no. Third wave ska was like uh, Save Ferris and stuff, right? No, I Which well, okay. I will. I I guess I could talk about it, but okay. no, never mind. No, <laughs> no we no, shouldn't. We shouldn't because it's gonna. People are gonna get weird about it, and I'm We're gonna say the wrong thing. On the thing. heels of a real science episode, and now I'm gonna say go. the wrong thing. No, I have theories about why, for instance, Portland, one of America's most progressive cities, has the most strip clubs per capita and the most bookstores and the most bookstores. Like why those go hand in hand, and I think it. I think it has to do with a lot of factors. Um, all of which, uh, if you go to uh, jessiecase.com, you can see me on my tour schedule uh, discussing, uh, because it is quite a chunk. No, my uh, Fleet Week was super popular, and there were there were way more prostitutes. It was like a, like the GOP convention, just hookers right, everywhere. Right, right, right. You know? How um, like, the nerd convention in, in Vegas is, coincides with the AVN, like how CES and the Adult Film Awards yes. are the same. Well, they used to be yeah. the same event. Yeah, like one was just the uh, side room of the other, sort of. Yep, and then they, then they both grew to the point that they're like, well, we should probably make this separate. Yeah, yeah. I, I get a little traffic from those people past my website because there is a porn star called Tara Flynn. You know this man. Oh, I, I don't know if you remember it, but yeah, I have told you about it before. But there is, there was a porn star in the states in the eighties, I believe, called Tara mm. Flynn. Oh, so like old school film. Old school, and I read when you still had to actually go to a movie theater and. I, no, I think there were videos. I think right. there were actual clunky, heavy old videos. Oh yeah, but they, in absurd cases, though, I used to have a few of those videos, and they're not normal sized VHS cases. Oh, so really? they can't even fit into a not. You can't even cheat them into a normal bookcase. No, no, it's it's. I mean, it's a normal size tape, of course, to be played on a VCR. But it's uh, it's very like they sell it to you in a very like this guy just bought a porn case. Yeah, and sort of like yeah, you might as well earn this. So carry yeah. your burden. Yeah, carry it, carry you. it home with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So Tara Flynn apparently, uh, the review I read said that she was very enthusiastic when called upon. And I thought, yeah, that'll that'll be the Flynn's for you. Not always called upon. <laughs> but when they are. But when they are all <laughs> They give it some. To. They put some effort in You've there. You've seen Fleet Week. We have yeah. anchors away. Yeah. The uniforms on. Yes, oh, sir. you've never met your adult film doppelganger? I'm no, assuming? I mean, that's a documentary oh. waiting to happen. Yeah, I'd love right, to find yeah. her. But there's know. a few... Uh, there's a... Uh, Ryan Connor, comedian who's now, mo- who's now in LA, moved here from New York. Um, he has a porn... Uh, uh, equivalent as well. Porn name. Like a, yeah. he's there's a female porn star, Ryan Connor, and he's a male comedian, Ryan Connor. Wow. And right. I don't know if they've ever been accidentally booked for the wrong gig. What are, but what are, what are can his... you imagine the hijinks? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What are his reviews like? Is he always called upon? Well, I don't know. He's because he because this is a this is a contemporary one as well. Well, so, my, so they're, I mean, they're at work at the same time. My stage name is Jesse Case, obviously, but my birth name, Jamie Meathammer. There is a, a guy that I you know, so I had to change it just for showbiz reasons. <laughs> right. There was already um, one in. Uh, there was already one. Did I tell you guys? Uh, this is a little unrelated, but I, I really want to get it out there because it was it's crazy. Uh, I'm sure you guys are noticing. Hey, Jesse, uh, you look well showered. You look clean. Yes, I thought that when I came in. Did you really? Yep. You thought I looked clean? Really clean. Yeah. All right. I'm not heading towards an Irish Spring plug. That's no. hoping that there'll be a no, no, no. I'm sponsor. telling you guys okay. what happened to me today. Okay. Uh, I'm going to tell you what happened to me today, and we'll get into some stories. Um, so you guys remember last Monday I auditioned for a big part. Yes. Oh yeah. We can't part. talk about. It, we can't talk we can about the title, about but the we can talk idea. about the. But we can talk about the fact that I auditioned but for you it. Did. And then and I helped you read. You for helped it, me read for I it. Think. Andy. Andy helped me read. And due to that, I think they said, "Hey, why don't you come in? 
and it's probably and, what it was. and read some more. So you, you like got to, a call back because it's known in, like in the industry. We'd like to get a little closer. So uh, get a little closer to the part. So that was that was today. So I uh, learned my lines, did all the stuff this weekend, really jammed it, and then I go down there um, and I smoke cigarettes, which I've mentioned on the show before. Okay. I'm embarrassed about it. I smoke cigarettes now. I smoke. So it gives you that, that fucking like alluring, uh, yeah. lusty voice. Though. Lusty voice. Yeah. So I. I, I mean, like, also I, our listeners don't know this, but Jesse will only smoke a cigarette draped across a piano. No, I know. I have to be draped across the piano at all times. He's always slinking. Um, I wondered yeah. how you answered the door on the piano, but it was an incredible sight. No, it was incredible. <laughs> so I smoked a cigarette, and then I thought, you know, uh, you know, just to re- rehearse the lines one more time to myself before I went into the casting office, and I thought to myself today, um, I don't want to be smelling like smoke in front of these Hollywood types. You know, mm-hmm, I'd like to smell mm-hmm. nice. So you know that Febreze fabric spray mm-hmm. that you can oh, that you no, spray? No, 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 no. <laughs> You know the Febreze fabric spray that you spray on things? I'm aware of it. I have some in my car. I keep some in my car because I don't like my car smelling like smoke and and whatnot. So I gave myself... It's not working, by the way. No, I know it's not working. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So um, I gave myself a spray with the Febreze fabric spray, you know, gave myself a little spritz there. Did you spray straight on you or did you spray a mist and then walk through it? No, straight on me. Or a banana back in the throat. for men. Um, Straight straight on me. And uh, here's the thing, though. I had completely forgotten. Here's where the story takes a turn. That uh, a few weeks ago in a traffic jam, I had, I had peed in there. I had peed in the oh, Febreze bottle. No, you didn't. Yes. yes. No, you so didn't. Jesse, Jesse, Jesse. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait I'm a minute. in shock right now. Just gloss over. Like, I, have, I have peed in I, bottles, but I can count the number of times on two fingers. I... I I misted myself in a fine piss today, Andy. Yeah. And then I walked into that audition and I <laughs> and it was like two week old like ammonia piss. Oh, like I'd God, forgotten I'd forgotten I had the Febreze thing. This is one of those things you don't admit on the podcast. Why? But tell I me after we stop. No, recording. Matt's losing it. And no, I but think it was brutal. I, I'm I, also jealous that you can pee in bottles in traffic jams. Well, I, I had such have narrow to openings too, Jesse. <laughs> yes. You shouldn't be admitting to this. What do you, Andy? No, it's just a, a Gatorade game. bottle. I can see a Gatorade bottle. Yes. First of all, Andy. Well, we can go into several reasons where, but never mind. But <laughs> yes, you can pee in a bottle. You can you can you can pee in a can. You don't yeah, go if you're in a sniper, the thing. but you're driving. Like, you don't go I, in. The, you're in a traffic jam. It's dead. Okay, stop. It's a dead right? stop. It's Here's easier. what happened. Easier, I was on yeah. my way to therapy, and I had drank a ton of coffee because I always I like right, to get hyped right, up right. before I go to therapy, so I get more bang for my buck. I like, I'm serious. I talk faster. So. <laughs> so <laughs> so I like to have like five coffees before I go to therapy. Just really get it out there because it's expensive. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so it's totally logical. It's completely logical. So yeah. I had had so many coffees and I just couldn't make it, man. The four or five was totally jammed, and I had this Febreze thing. It was the only thing that I could pee into, and I just unscrewed it and and just went for it. I think it's gonna get you the part. I think you're gonna have left the room and they're gonna, they're gonna have gone. You know, there's just something about the him. part is a guy that would do that. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of method acting. That's a good point. In a weird way. Yeah. But I mean, it was like bad though, man. I, I took my jacket off, but enough had gotten on my clothing and face where like, I mean, like dogs were growling at me. You know what I mean? Like, like bad. And You're going to get that part. You're going to get that part. I guarantee it. Deer, so, deer were staying away from you. You were getting a wide berth from deer. Though, yeah. Right? So that's why I'm so well showered, you guys. Yeah. Yay. It's been a good 45 God. in there. Have you Boiling heard, hot water. Have you heard of the Shiwi? 
What is the sh- shiwi is a little invention that is apparently, and I've never seen one up close. I've seen it on a. On I've a seen TV them show. Um, at festive like music festivals where they've right. had little shiwi enclaves. How do she- they how do actually? Or do they give you a bottle? And shiwi well, like a sort of, I suppose, like a a pipe and funnel. My understanding is designed so that to pee in, in it's a portable urinal. Oh, oh, yeah, so for men too. Okay, but right. it's but no. I think no. The shiwi is just. The attachment that lets the women that pee standing up. Your, your and they makes, had them at, I've sense. seen them at music festivals where they've had like next to the. Because we don't um, have penises. We, we don't even have penises or we, anything. We have ha- to, whoa, hang well, on. I know, well, no, I know. We're, we're, we're not even science show, we let's, need let's a plastic accoutrement, accoutrement yeah. to enable us to urinal it up. Are you implying I have been homosexual this whole time? No, no, not at all. Unless that's what you're into and cool. But no, we need a shiwi. We need a plastic. Which, yeah, do that. So, you, it's, so it's, it's basically like it's a funnel. Yours. It's yours and yours alone. Oh, I hope so. I think, okay, that's I what think I'm the ones they would give. Thing. It's not oh. an attachment in no, the. No, I don't uh, think you'd okay. give it a good no. steam and then pass it on. No, no, I, no think I think the ones at the festivals were. Um, I think they were disposable. Oh, okay. oh, that's even. But better. they weren't like, like it wasn't a thing you pull out of the wall in the in the porta potty, and then just attached like a funnel. Oh, like a, yeah. stop it! It Lads, wasn't. Oh, like, an <laughs> like an astronaut or something. Or, or like that's that thing was... of the dentist that the dentist makes you spit into that has the suction. Yeah, yeah. Like we, are Ouch. We, we're having Mary Roach on next month, who was the author of uh, Packing for Mars, which is a book about just the human side of space travel and oh, all these wow, messy yeah. things that you don't hear about when you hear about space travel. Uh, but a big part of the reason why it was a male centric domain. In the early days, of the space program was just like ease of urination. Like it was just being. figuring yeah, it's, out it's how to. You'll, you'll yeah. never know. I mean, check check your wee privilege because I tell you, you're in a traffic jam. There's yeah. nothing you can do. Yeah. We Febreze bottles are right out for us. Well, I I mean, <laughs> as much as you would love to pee into something, you're later going to spray it. on yourself. <laughs> yeah, you were you're a young girl. I dreamed of such. Yeah. A, no. I, had, I had heard of America, and I dreamed of the 405 and sitting in a car peeing in a Febreze bottle. That I would later spray on myself. More, more of this, please. <laughs> Delightful. You guys can't hear what I can hear in my headphones, but this is the best. Anyway, I think just, we just gonna like, get hard. Yeah. yeah. Can we put like panpipe music playing over the back? Yeah. <laughs> I um. So the shiwi. Yeah. Wow. We are un- inadvertently um, That's science, advertising right? shiwi and also um, <laughs> and Febreze. Oh, the things you fart through. Someone just tweeted at us and sent a link to the actual place you can buy those pads that will charcoal filter oh, your farts. Right. In oh your yeah. Well, so yeah. I should say that other plastic accoutrements are available. Okay, you can seek them out on your own, listeners. <laughs> we're not no, going to plug course. any. We're not going to choose. We are uh, platform agnostic when it comes to female. Now, can I ask? Urinary. Can I ask you this about um, technology? Yes. <laughs> no. Uh, this this does. Uh, and I don't mean this psychologically, I mean this actually physically, uh, penis envy being a thing. Mm-hmm. That, um, and if I, you believe in Freudian psychology. No, no, no. And I'm, I said I don't mean it okay. psychologically. Oh, I, mean it, I mean it only in a pragmatic sense of like, I wish I could pee standing up. Oh, uh, oh yeah. Every you, now and you, again, that'd be great. No, but I'm saying so there's a thing like the shiwi. Yeah. But also you're speaking of other plastic accoutrements, some of which also imitate such things that you could attach to yourself. Yeah. Why aren't those combined? The, the, uh, Am I being way too vague? Yeah. I'm no, saying no, no, hygiene, yeah, maybe? Yes, you so are, because one is like a pot, a, one's, a, one's an innie, one's an Audi. Like, you're trying to collect things from... Why, no, 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 these? no, no, no. I'm talking about... You're thinking, I'm, I'm you're talking, talking of a hollow strap-on, basically. You can strap on an Audi. You're talking about, like, a hollow strap-on. But why not, so just, have, why not just to pretend you have one? Why just for sex? Why not you can pee out of it and stuff? Like, well, you just you have know. it attached to you at all times. Yeah, and then man. You can just, pull you that just thing have out. Uh, you'd have to bring around your cleaning stuff with you the whole time. I'm sure time. things like that do exist. Thing. Surely. Surely they do. They must. Hmm. They must. Yeah. 
It makes it's no sense. It's a very good question. All. No, it's not a good question. Well, there's it is a, a good it's question. a good question. There's so many gender identity issues and stuff. Why yeah. not? It's it's a I'm I'm sure. There I mean there are definitely there are definitely products that are designed to help people who are like female to male trans. Sure. So no, I, no different. Like you were going practical, might, and now you're going like gender identity. Which yeah, is a but the two. But there's. Beast. I think what Jesse's saying is, why can't the two be combined? And I'm fairly sure someone has thought there of doing that. There probably is. There probably is one. I'm very ignorant about the whole thing. There so has I, to be a strap on you can pee out of. That's probably true. There has to be. <laughs> we're gonna have a listener write. To email us, us and, probably science. Yeah, email us probably, probably science. Of course. And um, tweet us at and, probably and science. put in the subject line Buffalo Bill. Now. Uh, <laughs> Now, whoever comes up with the strap-on you can pee out of, they probably probably win a science fair. Yeah. You guys oh, think yeah. they would win a science definitely, fair? Definitely, definitely. Well, do you guys know that uh, a 14-year-old student from Pennsylvania um, could help the government save nearly $400 million a year thanks to his ingenious science fair project? This must be some very high-tech suggestion he came up with. This sounds pretty high-tech, right? groundbreaking idea that he had. That sounds like he probably involves lasers. Yes. Probably involves... No, um, uh, Suver Mercandani. Merchandani. Severe Merchandani? Let's go Suver. I think it's probably Severe. Severe Merchandani found that millions of dollars a year could be saved by his school district and government um, agencies just by switching to Garamond font. When he compared the price of ink, which is more than a bottle of perfume, and the number of documents printed each year, the teenager realized he could cut waste and save money. The idea for his uh, science fair project on type fonts came when he noticed he was being a given large number of handouts at his Dorseyville Middle School. And while everyone tries to recycle paper and print on both sides to cut waste, there had been little research into how to reduce the amount of ink used. Uh, he says ink is two times more expensive than French perfume by volume. Um, so to find a way to cut cost in ink usage, he collected samples of his school's handouts and looked at the most commonly used letters, which are E, T, A, O, and R. Uh, and then he, he then measured how much ink those letters used in four popular typefaces by using AppFill ink coverage software. Not a sponsor. But Not a sponsor. Yes. Um, he cal- he basically, he calculated that uh, the most slender typeface, which is Garamond, he, um, he calculated that his school district, if they switched to that typeface, it could save 21 grand a year. Just in that one school district? Just in one school district. Um, and he, he also said... Uh, the decision came to apply it to the government when a journal founded by Harvard graduates challenged him to try the model on a larger scale. Um, yeah, so the government has a $1.8 billion printing bill, and when he reproduced his test on five sample pages from its printing website, he found he could save money simply by changing that font for the government also. Um, and basically, uh, an extra $234 million could be saved if the state government switched, and um, the federal government could save an additional $136 million a year, combining to be Pre- almost $400 million. Yeah. Just from ink sales, from doing this slimmer font. This feels font. a bit like, what was the, which airline was it that discovered that one, like removing one olive from the salads? Or, oh, I yeah. haven't heard about that. Or not, or not putting, wasn't it with the fast food chains that they've, they stopped putting salt and pepper sachets on your tray. It was optional that they wouldn't, that they found more people didn't just take salt and pepper. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, but in uh, font form. Well, this is hilarious because uh, Gary Somerset of the government printing office described the work as remarkable, but told CNN the office was focused more on switching to digital rather than changing the font. <laughs> <laughs> Just to make oh. fuck you. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Fuck you. Yeah, yeah. Look at this. 
Look at this they middle schooler Christmas. thinking he's got some great idea. This fucking fourteen-year-old. <laughs> just, just for the record, by the way, while you were going through that story, I was a bit quiet, and that's because I've already found at least two different products online that uh, allow female to male trans people to be standing up. <laughs> Including one by Mango Products Boom. and one, uh, great. and one by PeacockProducts.com, uh, and that's fantastic. So thing. there you All go. All I want is a Shiwi for the car. So yeah. well, know, well, let's you give have one that of those as well. a or, or or you know other brand name. Uh, so these would also, allow you to write your name in the snow, hopefully in a thinner font to reduce so your all, That's a great. That's wonderful yeah. to know they're out there. That's brilliant. Um, salted. Now we have a listener, uh, Dina Umeda. By the way, I don't want to jump past this really quickly because yeah. uh, this is a, a thing that I've always found infuriating. I used to work at an engineering company that had a lot of overlap with employees that used to work at um, HP, specifically right. in the printer department. And HP print all printers, they're a fucking racket. Like, printers exist. The reason the actual hardware is so cheap is because all the money comes from ink. Right. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, the, um, it's the razor model. It's the give away the razors, sell the blades. Exactly, yeah. Like yeah. They, internally in HP, they don't even refer to them as printers. They're like ink disposal devices. Like They want, Money generation they want to find a way machines. to make everyone use up their ink as quickly as possible. They have all these like things yeah, in place to, to keep you from refilling your own. You know, like They have like syringes you can buy to refill your own, but they try to stop that from happening. No, and absolutely. And they, they have things where like when one of the three color cartridges runs out, you, you can't, can't use print, any of them. You can't even print. Yeah. Oh, I, I love that detail, so though, much. that the, oh, the ink costs more than a bottle of perfume. Well, not if you're using Febreze, though. No, exactly. <laughs> no, that's a good that's call. That's another way to say No, but ink, not if you refill your Febreze on your own. No, also. ink is that's, so uh, expensive, yeah. though. You have, to, you have to go out there. You've got to scare an octopus. Right. You have to have all the stuff. I mean, it's very hard to gather ink. You have to... I, honestly, I don't know where ink comes from. <laughs> I think I don't either. Where does ink come? Exactly. I think, I it's think a nowadays racket. They, it's probably an artificial. It's like De Beers. There's a cartel that the control. There's probably a giant underground ink well they're keeping secret. I, I so bet can you could scrape letters off old books and then redissolve them. Yeah. If, if make people, your own ink. Yeah. Just get a, like a thin mm-hmm. razor blade. Rise up, man! Don't let the man tell you how to get <laughs> your like, ink. Big ink. Yeah, we're just switching <laughs> more <to> digital. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're just gonna go more digital. I think. Just disregard. Tar- that. I mean, this kid's cool, but. We forgot to uh, we forgot to ask. We we always ask our guests this: What if any background in science do you have? Or like, very very little. We had uh, a science lab in the school I went to, which was the convent in Kinsale, County Cork, in Ireland, and uh, we would do a little bit a little bit of chemistry, a little bit of biology, a little bit of physics, and I was terrible at all. Of I didn't them. know you went to a full on Irish convent school. Yes, I did. Wow. Yeah. Did you do the thing where you made a, a potato light up a light bulb? Or is that like illegal in Ireland? No, we didn't. We didn't do that. I don't remember that. We did dissect frogs and all that in biology. No, you, no, you, you can you can do other things with potatoes and eat them in Ireland. It's okay. You can talk no, about potatoes. No, fine. I just didn't know. I didn't know if that was like a huge thing. You know, it was like just like the, the one remaining potato that they passed around. The- yeah, I, didn't. I, I had a I had one of those growing up. The, what the potato powered clock? Of course, I had. You had one of those. Oh, yeah, I've had all kinds yeah. of potato powered. That was stuff. a big yeah. thing for a while. We're, 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 like, we're a potato powered people. So <laughs> no, I had a know, whole potato powered room. I had the whole, everything, <laughs> all potato powered. Um, Hmm. So yeah, that's my background. Very, very, very little, and uh, you know, just wasn't good at it. So, yeah. But you weren't traumatized by it. You're, you're, no. you're not fearful of it. It just wasn't something that grabbed you. It just your wasn't attention. something that grabbed me. It, it was mainly because you know, when you came down to equations and breaking things down, it sort of became maths in my head, and then math. I could, I couldn't add. I used to go up to the the, the nuns used to make me show my hands so that I wasn't counting on them. But I would just put my hand on the side of the blackboard and pulse my fingers to, to do the addition. Oh. I still can't do mental arithmetic. The numbers swap around in my head. Oh, that's uh, that's numerlexic. 
That's a it's thing. Kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a little bit of that going on. And so the, the science was a little bit scary, but I loved things I could see. Like I loved watching chemical reactions happening and yeah. that kind of thing was amazing, but I just couldn't work out the formulas. Oh. <laughs> it's my thwarted, my thwarted career in science. So you got stuck performing instead. But actually, the, some of the uh, kids from the uh, the school now, it's not the convent anymore, it's the Kinsale Community School. They won the uh, Young Scientists of the Year Award um, last year in uh, in the RDS in Dublin. Yeah. Are you That's still weird. on the mailing list? Hmm? Are you still on the mailing list? How did you find that oh, out? That was on the news, Matt. That was on the <laughs> national oh. news. Feck you. <laughs> we have telly and everything in Ireland. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, but like who wins a school prize doesn't make our news. No, it's all it's loads of schools and it's people from all over the world. It's a young scientist exhibition. So it's yeah. kids with amazing actually look you should look it up because it's so an the, amazing competition and they come up with all kinds of things that What is get the national news in Ireland of what what's the general I'm talking local here. Not before before your big uh, you know, the big world news. Well it'd be the big world what's, news. What's what's the half an hour program before that? Where they're just t- talking about the traffic and the weather. Yeah. There is what no, are, we what do are have some of the stories? Before that, we have the news. Oh, okay. And the news is, it's, it's a mixture of whatever the biggest story is. So if it's a big local story, that'll go first. And if it's a big world story, that'll go first. And they'll okay. swap it around. Yeah. Okay. And if someone found a four-leaf clover that day, that's going to lead, obviously. That's, that's obviously well, the top of the... We yeah. don't really think about four-leaf clovers. We have shamrock, which are three-leaf clovers. And that's how St. Patrick taught the Irish the, the trinity, the, the three oh, really? persons in the one God. So the four-leaf clover is an American thing. That's come oh. in, but the whole idea... Like the fortune cookie. Ah. See? So yeah, three. it's a three-leaf clover. It's called a shamrock. And it's the, the, they, the myth is St. Patrick taught the concept of the Holy Trinity using the shamrock. It's one stalk, three leaves. Da-da! Oh. Catholicism forever. Now what? So how did wow. this become, yeah, the four-leaf clover. Now what, what was the St. Pat? Because well, we just had St. Patty's Day, obviously. Yeah. So what yeah. was the thing with the snakes? What happened? The snakes. Well, there's another myth that St. Patrick drove all that. There are no snakes indigenous to Ireland, even though Britain has some snakes. You know, the, um, there, there are asps. And, are there asps? I think there's adders, adders as well. Adders, yeah. yeah. Adders, the only um, poisonous yeah. snake in it's Britain. Adders. Sorry, I, I knew it had an A. See, I'm not good at the spelling either. No, it's but, okay. Uh, but yeah, so there were no snakes. There were never any snakes. There are no of, snake obviously. fossils. There never were. And it's just... To, it's just to go with the mythology of driving sin out of Ireland by bringing Christianity in was the theory. So, I mean, that would have been debated with all the um, the more recent scandals. But, uh, you know, hey, we'll... Uh... Not even a glimmer of truth. But like, usually one of those stories has some kind of... There may have been a St. Patrick, thing. but uh, whether there was or not, he was demoted by the Vatican. I don't know how you say, you were de- de-sanctified, de-sanctified, de-sainted. Mm. He's so, no longer a real saint because they couldn't prove any of the miracles. You know, like they were able to prove all the others. Right, wasn't peer-reviewed. They couldn't prove the snakes thing and they yeah. couldn't prove... <laughs> they proved the miracles. <laughs> so they couldn't prove the St. Patrick ones. One, so of, one of my favorite... He's been de-sanctified. One of my favorite uh, Catholic Church facts, and I know I've talked about it on the show before, but um, Haley's Comet is still excommunicated. Because they, it, well, he didn't go to confession. Well, in, in the Middle Ages, they thought it was like a demon, you know, or like an omen, and they excommunicated it. So Haley's Comet's definitely going to hell, I'd you guys. I'd say it's really upset. Yeah. When it, go to mass when on, it dies, on Christmas. It will go when, to when Haley's Comet dies. It, it... So are you telling us that on March 17th, nothing special happens Oh, lots Ireland? special happens. Oh, okay. <laughs> there's a day, well, there's a day, you get a full bank holiday in Ireland, you get a oh, proper okay. bank holiday, so everyone's off work. It's just called Mr. Patty's it's Day. Called, Pa- I still say Patrick's Day, okay. but I'm then the other thing is fairly sure it. Americans still take it more seriously than Irish yeah, people yeah. do. Well, no, well, we take it seriously because it's a big tourist 
buck for us. Right. It's, uh, you know, a lot of people come in. People, It's a holy day of obligation. If you're a practicing Catholic, which I'm not, you go to Mass on St. Patrick's Day. Really? You even though it's not that. even a saint. Does even he still have a feast day? He has a feast day. That is his feast day. And um, so even though there's a question, question mark over the whole sainthood thing, we still observe the day and it's a day of national pride. And so it's our sort of Fourth of July, all that kind of stuff. But the biggest one for me that I always found, even when I was still going to a convent school, the one that always rankled with me as a Catholic was, you got a day off Lent on St. Patrick's Day. Wow. So it's like you only had 39 days of fasting. So, so yeah, because Jesus, Jesus, if Jesus had known, he'd have worn a shamrock and he'd have had, you know, had an old you know, bit of bread out in the desert. But uh, yeah. So whatever it is you've given up for Lent, you, you get to binge on it on, on, on the 17th. St. Patrick's Day. And all their little weirdo rules that, no. that dog no, Irish Catholicism. Now, let me, let me ask you this, though, uh, uh, just because I'm curious. Um, I mean, you went to this convent school. You obviously yeah. grew up in a very, very Catholic environment. Yeah. And uh, clearly that, that doesn't line up with your current view. Yeah. So when, when were you like, eh, not for me? Uh, very young, very really? young. It didn't fit. And uh, it just didn't fit for me. And um, my mum's always been kind of questioning. So, that, so at least I didn't have a very, very, very staunch background in my home yeah. where I was getting judged for it or whatever. It was sort of like, well, you know, if you have questions... Just go all the way through, do your confirmation, do all of that. And so when you've had all the grounding in it, you can make up your own mind. When so you're, did you, you know. get sent to the convent school because it was the best school in the area or it's just the thing to do? Or It was kind of, it was the best sort of school for girls in the area. There was kind of a good reputation for that school and all that. And it was actually great. And when I hit school, there were lots of lay teachers coming in. So we were getting a much broader education. So it wasn't just all nuns? It was all nuns up, up, up until, yeah, it was all nuns pretty much through primary school, maybe one or two lay teachers. Yeah, it was, it was changing. But it's it's kind of, that's another Listen, thing. If that you if you can find a way to kiss a boy in a disco with nuns watching, you you are going to do fine in life. <laughs> wow. Oh, well, I can give it a go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's going to take a while to set that yeah. up. So it was it was kind of my teens, I suppose, and and then uh, you know it's weird around the time that I was having my own personal journey. Ireland very soon after was was having its own personal journey, and there are a lot fewer um, practicing Catholics now, and the ones who are practicing are still very staunch and proud, and it's absolutely brilliant that they still have the form to practice, but it. It's moving further and further towards a secular society. We're not there yet. They will yeah. still run abortion legislation past the bishops, you know. And then you go, oh come on, please. This is a this is a medical decision. This you know between yeah. women and their medical team. But we're moving towards that, and we'll see what Are, happens. I, I don't know if we're moving in general. Around the, do you guys think in in the world in general are moving towards or away from secularism? Um, That's a big one. <laughs> I'm not saying should we be. I'm just saying do you think that we are? Because I don't see any reason to believe that we're moving away from religion as a species. No, I think people really need it and people get great yeah. comfort in it. And I would love, I see people like my aunt, who's I'm absolutely beloved to me. She's a very open woman. She's very, you know, laissez-faire, let everyone do each to their own. Yeah, sure. But she's a very staunch Catholic. And I would hate it if she, you know, I, I, I envy her faith. I really envy it. I think it gives her such comfort and I'd love it if I have it. I had it, I don't. Yeah, I, yeah. I need different answers. Right. But she finds them there and that's fantastic. And I think you're right, humans, a lot of humans really yearn for that yeah and, and also there you know there's a lot of reasons why even the, the abortion debate that mm. that the very existence of that debate implies that people who follow those rules are going to outbreed those who don't so yeah. it's like yeah. i don't know but i think i think i think things like the abortion debate particularly the fact that it's strengthening in america i think i think in america it's people realizing that the tides are changing and the religious people are digging deeper and they're really digging their heels in. I think I think there's an ever decreasing number of very religious people in America, 
but they're making more and more of They're a, making more noise. More and more noise because they're feeling it, because they're well, feeling the pinch. Well, religious conservatives maybe, and I think there's, yeah. there's, there's, I really, especially And I think it's in definitely Ireland, the same in Ireland. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly, but I really, really love to, I, I, I really am, I feel strongly about making the distinction between religious conservatives and extremists and people of faith who practice and sure. want to let everyone else get get on you know so uh, I, I think that's a that's a really strong distinction and uh, I think the, the religious extremists and conservatives are definitely shouting louder at the moment because they see a stranglehold loosening yeah. and I think yeah. that's very interesting well I think there's <clears throat> I think there's plenty of alarmism on both sides I think some things where uh, and this might be a weird point of view but I think some things you think that the problem is getting worse but it's only because we're acknowledging the problem now. Mm. Like something you hear a lot now uh, in America is the term rape culture. Yeah. Do you know that? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you hear no, that exactly. with all this yes. stuff in Steubenville, yeah. the football players. Careful, Jesse. No, I'm not. Shut Fucking up. settle down. I got yeah. it. So <laughs> I'm saying like you, you hear this all the time and it's, it's like, is this culture developed, this violent? All, and it's like, well, no, I think, I think it's really good these things are on the news now. Yeah, it's it wasn't really, on the news before. People didn't in the, right. it's you, always you think marriages. You think a football discussed. team never did that in the fifties? Like yeah. it's this is awesome that people are aware, and I don't think it means we're necessarily going downhill. No, I mean yeah. we've just got more information now. I mean, you, I think you, I think it means we're aware of it, and it's like okay, cool, we can address this, and now we can all like actually make, start even, fixing it. Start fixing it. Take it out of the realm of sexual violence and just take it into. Uh, you hear people saying all the time, "Oh, all the murders on the news," and it's like you oh, think what? you think there are more murders now than when people yeah. could literally be bumped <laughs> off in a field and buried right there yeah. and never found again. You know, and people used to go. People yeah, used people say, like, where did so and so go? Oh, oh. London. You know, <laughs> you know, and no one would ever question it. They'd never be able to contact them, so they would never know and I think you're right that now we have more information and, and it is good to question you know? but, it, but it makes us I think it makes a lot of things seem like they're getting seem worse like right. because yeah. we have the information you know yeah. you're 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 so aware of all of these the problems culture of fear thing yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's very alarmist but I think um yeah, I didn't mean to bring the big R into no, it. No, 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 no. But I just no, think it's I've, a valid thing where I'm like, I, you that know. That was a very non-controversial point no, of view but I, had. But no. I'm, no, but I'm saying, yeah. I, you know, I'm pretty sure compared to 50 years ago, yeah. it has gotten yeah, a lot yeah, fucking yeah. better the fact for that women. We're having this debate yeah. so means why, it's like, more, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it has. Like, yeah, that, <laughs> Not debate. Like, I shouldn't fair, say debate. I'm that fairly being discussed. Sure, is, no, but I mean, I'm fairly sure. But it's, so then it's like, I don't know. It's, yeah, the fact it's, that information is so easily transferred means that stories that would have just never been heard outside of their individual towns... Or no one would have cared. Or that. people were, yeah. It was a more sexist environment. Yeah. So now it's like saying this, this sexism now or something like that. I think, well, it's like, well, yeah, we're not where we need to be. Fucking nowhere near where we need to be. Right. But, but let's, I think, I, let, let's like, we can smile at each other now on the street. Like, I think it's all right, <laughs> you know. Um, uh, speaking so back of, to ink. Um, no, speaking <laughs> of women, speaking of science fair uh, project, our listener. Uh, oh God, no, no, don't. <laughs> no, we have a listener that just finished her science fair. <laughs> She's an eighth grader. Is she? Yes. So she's doing a science fair. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, well done. I think that's cool. Amazing. I, don't, I, don't want, I want to cancel the segue. I don't want it to be related to that. Wasn't like, no, no. The segue was us talking about this science fair kid okay, from before. Yes. The, ink, the guy who suggested the ink that could save us four, $400 million by changing fonts to a narrower yes. one. Very brilliant So uh, congrats, Dina. Um, and, who uh, did well, but then was beaten by a guy who... You, he claimed to have solved global warming. So you can't She's put that, that in quotes, yeah, which means I think she has some doubt on that. Uh, yeah, but you can't beat that guy. I mean, everyone's gonna everyone's gonna go for that sympathy vote. Are we allowed, so are we allowed just, like, to use her just, name? By the way, I forgot if she asked us not to. I can't remember. Well, okay. her, her name's Dina. Okay. She also says she's a big Karen Gillan fan. And is very happy we had her on twice. Excellent. Cool. 
So, uh, yeah, congrats on finishing the science fair. And it sounds uh, her project was on lead. It sounds, sounds pretty cool. She had emailed us earlier and asked if we had suggestions on, on what to do for and, a science fair. And, and I wrote we back. had suggestions, none of which were... like I, I seem to remember we very quickly got off topic, which is a rarity for us. Yeah, yeah. But we, we were <laughs> yeah, no help I'm whatsoever. I'm learning this. It's great. <laughs> we were no use whatsoever, but she seems to have done decently by herself. You put this, I'm quite intrigued by this. Just chucked in there in the middle of this. The guy next to me was kind of racist, but this has, that has nothing to do with this. I want to know what the racist... Yeah. Science paper. Like, there's a guy oh, just Lord. like an eighth grader who had a eugenics project eugenics. coming on the site. <laughs> Even though this my calipers that the, <laughs> the forehead of the average. <laughs> he's doing a phrenology. Yeah, he's doing, he he's, doing a, he's doing a Victorian phrenology. <laughs> I'm sure they the, modern, the modern colored buck, when, when applied with the calipers, the Moroccan simply has no affinity for arithmetic. How are you doing that? The broad Scandinavian hands imply a more cerebral dream cycle. This is coming back to potatoes for Irish, isn't it? It's coming back. It's coming around. Eventually. Yeah. Eventually. Clothes with potatoes. So we know what our dismount uh, is. Yeah, we're coming back around. Uh, drinking up the doll, running up and down the lanes of Limerick. That's, that's, that's it. Yeah, if only that accent existed. <laughs> You're saying people don't talk that way every day. You're saying... Oh, nobody talks to It's so funny, though. And, and uh, you know, I, I, you do end up insulting people who are doing what they consider to be, you know, what they call the Irish accent. No, I knew and I was from just the being... Lucky Charms guy. No, I know. And, and, and we never had Lucky Charms in Ireland. When I first came to, to I was visiting Canada. Well, they actually. were just called Charms. No, just charms. we didn't have them at all. We had porridge. We had no fucking. Oh, we no. had no bloody. Oh, we only had porridge because you were all orphans, also correct? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're all we're all in rags. But uh, yeah, no, I came to I came to North America for the first time and saw Lucky Charms and the Lucky Charms commercials, and I was going, "What is this?" <laughs> well, no, I know. I but know. to be fair, when you take a shower, you do have to bring in a jackknife and peel off a sliver of the soap, right, in the shower. What is that? <laughs> Did you guys ever see those ads for Irish Spring? No. An oh, Irishman yeah. under a waterfall would take out a bar of Irish Spring, and he had a pocket like, knife. Whittle, like, like whittling would, soap off? Whittle off, like, just a sliver of the soap, as if you had to do that to, like, ex- you know, to, uh, to let, like, letting the wine breathe in a decanter. Oh, that was, that was yeah. soap, like, slicing off a sliver of soap. That's yeah. amazing. But you, yeah, I mean, so, I mean, people is had a... the Lucky a, Charms accent even close to any regional no, Irish accent? No, it's not. What it is close to is how when Irish, when Irish actors came over here, um, what was his name? Barry, what was his name? He was in all the films. Do you remember he was the guy who played the Irish cop? In every... Barry oh, Fitzgerald. okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. He sort of, as he stayed in America for a time, there was an accent he would do on screen uh, that started to lean towards that sort of... So one person might have created the American stereotype possibly, of Possibly, possibly. I'm sure... I'm sure there was there was a sort of a, a transitioning time and all, but it is really funny when it, in cartoons and things you see that 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 lucky charms. No, it is. Yeah, it's very time. it's very intense. Well, the same way it's like uh, you know people in Liverpool now don't talk anything like the Liverpool accent that everyone does. Well, you can oh, even I'm hear sure it like it, you can hear an interview though, like it? if you listen to a John Lennon interview in 1960 and then the mid to late 70s right. his accents his accents completely different. Like yeah. in the later interviews, he sounds. Like modern scousers do, wow, but in the yeah. early sixties, he's got the kind of Beatles accent. There's no one, no one <laughs> right. talks like that in Liverpool. Writing but. a bit of songs about pedophilia. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that was also just a time and a place. Because if you watch the Up series documentaries, have you seen those? Yeah, like the Seven, seven Up, up yeah. and Seven yeah. and Seven, Twenty One Up. Um, it's they follow the same group of of British kids uh, throughout their entire lives. Now they're up to fifty six. Mm-hmm. 
I think soon, yeah, I think within the next couple of years, it'll be up to the... Um, oh, 56 was two years ago, so it'll be, oh, okay, it'll be five okay. years, yeah. But anyway, in the first, well, in the first installment, well, the, the, kid, the kid who ends up... Uh, spoiler alert, don't listen if you haven't watched the series. Go on Netflix, watch them all in order. It's Wait, let's not spoil the best thing I've the, ever seen. The kid we like the best. The kid you like the best Neil. at age seven, Neil. He has, he's from Liverpool and he has the Beatles sort of little. Yeah. He has little oh. I want to drive a bus around and do the things. I'd love to be a bus driver. Yeah. So um, it's like that was in the early 60s. Well, when then that was what happens with the, with the London, like the sort of Cockney accent. If you listen, yeah. like old, old, like Ealing comedies and that kind of thing, if you watch those films, that's nothing like anyone in. In London, sounds anymore. Oh, oh, and the, well, the other, or the thing, posh accent as well. True. well. That's true, and and you know, the, if you want to hear an American accent mangled, come to Ireland and the UK, and, and, and watch go a and see a production any, of, of something on stage that you would never get to see over here. Particularly something, particularly like a Tennessee just, Williams sorry. play as well. Oh my, oh my God, I'm an American. <laughs> I'm all. I'm really pleased to meet ya. <laughs> I mean, it really is. It's, it's just a Sarah Palin accent. Yeah, Sarah, Sarah yeah. Palin's an Irish woman. Yeah. Apparently. So it's yeah. They're 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 trying. They're trying very hard. But That's it's great. Not, you know, so you'd have the same kind of oh, what's happening right. to my brain? And yet they're hiring exclusively. I mean, not Irish, but you know, so many British actors are brought in to play American parts. Like, why don't you? There's American actors that could just do this without having to have the weird like hint of a. Like, did you guys watch Walking Dead? Uh, yeah, bits of it I've seen. I've not it seen it, but you're talking about Andrew Lincoln's accents? No, the governor. Well, Andrew Lincoln, everyone in Walking Dead is British doing American accents, yeah. But um, the governor in particular, I'm like, why does this guy sound like Liam Neeson? It's like, oh, he's like from the same air, the same like village as Liam Neeson or something, and he's playing this well, southerner. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, guys, I think it's safe to say Ireland's no longer what we would call a developing nation. Well, Where is this going? Mm-hmm. I love it. Uh, but if it were, <laughs> okay. did you Go know that a, a new super cheap paper microscope could save millions of lives? What? How's oh. that? Just? This is a story sent in by Matthew Arnold, who Matthew Arnold, who's who's a continuing uh, contributor, I believe. Matthew yes. Arnold. Is. Yeah, yeah. He no, set, he set up a monthly PayPal. So no, he's you, been Matthew. great. He's been great. Um, so uh, Manu Prakash, a professor at Stanford University, and his students have developed a microscope out of a flat sheet of paper, a watch battery, LED, and optical units that when folded together, much like origami, or just exactly like origami, um, (laughs) 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 creates a functional instrument with the resolution of 800 nanometers, basically magnifying an object up to 2,000 times. Um, Pretty impressive. So, you know, at that, that, uh, I don't know, velocity, at that zoom... What would the word be? At that scale? Magnification. At that magnification. scale. At that magnification. magnification. Yeah. There it is. Um, you can identify things such as malaria um, and uh, other various other things I can't pronounce. Uh, <laughs> it's called Foldscope, and the microscope is extremely inexpensive to manufacture, costing between 50 cents and a dollar per instrument. What? That's amazing. That's pretty cool. And because the microscope is assembled primarily from paper and optical components the size of a grain of sand, it is virtually indestructible. Well, that's surely not true. Surely a better, that's what the article on Yahoo News says, but surely a better uh, <laughs> telling of that would be, it's very destructible, but easily repaired. Yes. <laughs> easily. Trivially yeah. cheap to repair. Yeah, to easily. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, forget developing nations. I just want to magnify stuff. Yeah. It's that price. I just want to get stuff and magnify it. So you didn't like science growing up, but 50, did, you, did you ever own 50 a, cents to a dollar to find out what's wrong with my penis? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> come on. Did you ever have a you have microscope? To, uh, you have to magnify up. it over 2,000 times to... <laughs> just to, just yeah. to see it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, just at school. Yeah, they were, they were fantastic. You never had a home microscope? No. no I had a, I had a really loved cheap. one. Oh, yeah, I had a really cheap one. I had one, one. yeah. And I used to... Uh, 
my favorite thing to look at with it. I mean, it was a super shitty plastic science kit thing. Yeah. My favorite thing to look at with it was uh, if you took uh, toilet paper and dyed it a different color, but took it to the thinnest ply. Like even even like single ply will still peel apart even more. And this is crazy talk. What? Well, like single ply, it gets thinner. It's still fiber. It's still no. It's surely still single ply is the thinnest <laughs> object known to man. Surely that's a th- no, no, no. That's I'm a- uh, no. Journey no. with me down the rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> so colored colored toilet paper. Th- yeah, just it's just like a. It just looked awesome. I, I used to look at it, and mine came with the thing where you could project it. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, mine. I'm much older than you are, but okay, go ahead. Well, you. I mean, it still had the mirror. So you like use the sun's light to to look underneath the slide, yeah. but and the, and Earth's gravity to keep the slide. <laughs> yes, yes. You use the sun like an alien trying to sound like a human. You use the light of the, the Earth's sun. sun. <laughs> the Earth's sun lights the project. Behold the mighty power of the Earth. Um, and you wait for lightning to strike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what I would do is I would take some toilet paper and I would spray a little piss on it with a Febreze bottle. And I, would, I would look at it. And um, no, but it, it had a thing. It was like a battery powered thing where instead of the eyepiece, you could hook up almost like this little projector. Uh-huh. So I used to. I had no idea I was giving myself weird psychedelic shows at the age of like five. But oh, I, I used see. to. I, I used to like move the slide around and like yeah, yeah. really trip out on it on my wall. It's a weird kid, only child. I'm surprised more. I'm surprised <laughs> wow. more like DJ like ravish things don't use those low tech just like layers of colored liquid gelatin because it's so easy and it looks so cool. Oh man, <laughs> I I made one of those. I made a I made a gelatin a moving gelatin projector when yeah, I was like yeah. seventeen and boy. Really, just did that, did that? Did that work? With the intended effect of? Uh, I mean, did ladies want to come see that thing, <laughs> Jesse? No, 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 okay. ladies. Oh, okay. There was my. I told you guys about my friend that that, um, that blew a guy on crack, but but he. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure you did on air, but that's okay. No, but I, but um. Well, no, it's hilarious because he's not a. That's not an, in his normal behavior. He just he, on one New Year's Eve, he just smoked crack, and he's like, "Hey, I just blew that guy." And I was like, "That's nuts." Hey, man. it's New Year's Eve. <laughs> Um, All bets are off. Yeah. So it was me and that guy and a couple of our buddies. So was, there were no girls around. Yeah. But, uh, you know, sometimes drugs are involved and we'd nice, look at nice. the thing. Kids don't, uh, if you're an eighth grader who does a science fair listening to this, don't follow our, I can't help but think that we have eighth grade listeners now. It just changes. That is oh. weird. That is yeah. weird. Don't. Um, don't do New Year's Eve. Yeah, don't, don't, don't do that. Um, but do do make this fold scope. So this fold scope is, as you said, 50 cents or so to make. I, I'm still not entirely sure of how these parts are assembled. It's a piece of paper, a watch battery, an LED, and optical units. This is a well, MacGyver-ish microscope. It has the ability to project. Um, I it, want to picture this thing. We're, if we can find a picture, let's we'll find put a it picture. up on, picture, on probablyscience.com. The, video, the article has an accompanying video. Oh, excellent. Okay, we'll put uh, that up, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it does. I thought that was an so ad. So it does. Um, so look at um, that. It has a. It certainly has a picture of the. Um, uh, yeah, it looks weird. It looks very different to a regular microscope. It, there we go. It's a. Uh, sort of flatter. Oh. Ooh. Not it's at curious. all. I expected. Yeah. Huh. Listeners, if you're curious, go to probablyscience.com and click on the links within this episode, and you can see. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll put up a picture of at. that. Wow. Um, should we do it? Should we do another? Uh, like. Um, 
We had a very requested story this week. Yeah, you should probably do this. We're talking about uh, three-dimensional things. Oh, people love. For some reason, our listeners love three D printing. I get get why. I'm. I'm. I I shouldn't say for some reason because it is magic. That is why, Andrew. It is magic. (laughs) Please keep talking. (laughs) I'm gonna fall asleep, and I'm gonna love every second of it. I'm gonna fall asleep. Are you getting the ASMR thing? Is that? Does she give you ASMR head? Oh, is that with oh the thing that's yeah? Have we talked about that? We haven't talked. We about haven't it on the talked show, about but it. I, I, it's something that it's a bit pseudoscience-y. It's very pseudoscience. Well, except it, it's it, ASMR. Look, look it up. We'll, we might do an episode on it if we can find an expert to talk about it. But um, we'll all fall asleep. But it's a sensation that like I used to experience as a kid, and I had no. I tried to describe this thing to people, and I had no way of. Uh-huh. Me too. It's a weird, tingly sensation that certain things make, like in the on the, the back of your back head. of the skull, yeah, the back and, of your, yeah. Um, Even talking about it now a little bit is like, you oh, get this it. is nice. Yeah, um, certain people's voices uh, will just make you completely zone but out. But it's not even, for me, it was never even, like, a lot of people, it's sort of soft-spoken voices. or um, There's loads of videos now on YouTube of, right. the, of, like, ASMR triggers where someone's pretending to cut your hair or something and just talking in a soft voice. And yeah. I think that's wow. one of the reasons why that people think why that uh, Bob Ross, is that his name, the Joy of Painting guy yeah. with the big hair? Yeah. Uh, why he was so popular, because that... His he voice, tr- his so voice triggered people. people oh, but for I have to m- check that out. But for me, it's I'm I'm far more triggered. It doesn't matter what pitch they're talking in, but often people explaining really basic things in a really earnest <laughs> way. So, for example, like if I talk to someone who honestly believes in tarot cards and is describing to me how they work, yeah, that's me done. Like I'm, just, <laughs> oh yeah, I am done. Well, I've, I've but told- you love it. You want to hear more? Uh, yeah, of it I, I, like I will actively pleasing. encourage nonsense conversations well, because I'm like, this is this is wonderful. Yeah, when I'm checking into a hotel. And sometimes they'll take out a little map and show you where your room is. Uh-huh. I will almost pass out right there. Just just like, okay, and you're going to go down to the lobby and then take a left, and that's where the vending is. And then you're going to take a right, and the elevators are there. And on our third floor, and I'm just like, I'm, I'm literally just asleep already just at the... A friend of mine will like continue to ask earnest questions as if they don't understand those simple things just to keep that person going, but never in a dickish way. So always sorry, did a... you say turn left or right out of yeah, the then, elevator? So, and, and then I'm going to want to do... Okay, okay, so you're saying I should... So, so what floor am I on again? Oh, the third floor for room 325, okay. <laughs> mm. oh, well, so you know, that's video... a pretty thick-skulled thing of your friend to do. Yes, oh! right? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, this is a story that numerous um, numerous listeners were uh, kind enough to email in or tweet in as well. Uh, so it, it combines a couple of our favorite things, like 3D printing and skulls. Who doesn't love skulls? Who doesn't love skulls? Um, a... Just three months ago, a 22-year-old woman uh, suffering from a rare bone ailment underwent brain surgery in Holland. Um, her skull, which had grown some three times thicker than average, was putting pressure on her brain, causing loss of vision and motor skills. Um, and it would have killed her if it was left unchecked. Um, what they did to replace her skull was they 3D printed a new skull. What? Uh, Craziness. Just the cranium. A 3D printed a new cranium, yeah. <laughs> just the cranium, okay. Yeah. Oh my f- god. Well, like a, it's you know, a like clear a- plastic skull. It's crazy looking. There you go. That is, that is beautiful. It's incredible. It is beautiful. And we're basically well on the way to robot skeletons that oh, are gonna, they're gonna, like, that are going to just be spontaneously printed out and then chase you around fairgrounds. <laughs> no, absolutely. <laughs> Jason and the Argonaut style. It's not actually... I mean, if, yeah, you guys, if you guys talk about it a lot, I mean, you, you, you obviously do, and, and then you're way ahead of the curve I'm on with, with 3D printing, but I still almost 
I cannot believe it. I, I cannot believe in it. Yeah. It's like, I... I no, it's, it's incredible. It's incredible. Someone's going to come out and go, ah, ha, ha, ha. no, not really. It was just a hoax. <laughs> yeah. It was no. just a prank. Because it's too incredible. No, it's just this is wild. Huge. It's, it's huge news for me and my weird balls. This is huge. <laughs> I feel like 3D printed balls, really. Just... <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know why. I was just watching... Uh, I was, what the fuck Someone's was it? Normal balls? Um, no, I was just watching Peep Show. And that's one of the recurring... It's, it was so funny to me. Every time they said it, I would like fall out of my chair. It was like one of the recurring jokes was like, hope she doesn't notice my weird balls. But you never see what they look like. You never see like you it's never, never explained. It's never explained. It's just this ongoing joke. <laughs> <laughs> and it just let it over the course of the season. It just builds in your head yeah, yeah. to the point where like, I don't know. It's a great word. That's a great sort of exclamation to balls. Yeah, balls. sure. And sure. balls are just inherently like funny. They're the most I think they're the, the most comical funny. of any body part. Yeah. Well, but ball, balls, the word balls is funny. But, yeah. but having having balls. a weird skull, on the other hand. <laughs> it's not always what it's cracked up to be. You hey. think having a thick skull would mean that you're... Well, no, there's no positive associations. It's always bad associations with having a well, thick skull. Well, just a few years ago, there would have been no effective treatment um, for this uh, this woman, according to Dr. Bon Verwij um, of the University Medical Center of He's Utrecht. He's in Ut- Utrecht, Utrecht, in the Netherlands. I've been there. Mm. Um... In the past, implants were hand-constructed in the operating room out of a type of cement. And they tended to be ill-fitting at best, but now doctors can generate a 3D model of a patient's skull and then print a precise, custom-fitted plastic implant. Um, you know, this has major advantages, of course, not only cosmetically, uh, but also because patients often have better brain function compared with the old method. You know, with just sort of a handmade, pinched cement thing. Yeah. Just they bring in just some head. like turquoise bedazzled <laughs> yeah. Sedona resident who's going to yeah. get on a potter's wheel and make <laughs> right. you a new head. A Sedona resident. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. They uh, last year. I also they'd... do brains. <laughs> <laughs> Last year, an American patient apparently had 75% of his cranium replaced with a 3D printed uh, implant, which was opaque and looks like dry clay. The Dutch one is transparent, so I guess you could sort of see the brain inside. I would almost wonder Whoa. if they just yeah. leave some of the skin open. Right? Oh my just, God. Just, yeah. a boat of skulls. Like yeah. a little sunroof, just to... It's only going to be a matter of beautiful handiwork. I mean, that's just every every supervillain ever. Yeah. If you could have that now, because you could. I mean, I guess that's a thing you could have now. It's just clear. Do you think supervillains know that they're supervillains? Like, would would that that be something that they self-describe? No. No. They think think they're only okay. Yeah. You know, they're not that super. Well, I talked about this on the show before, though. You know, I think Hitler slept at night. Like you think you're doing something right, oh, yeah. even though no, you're yeah, no a monster. Yeah, of course. Of so course. I think I, I, I think that that's the the biggest supervillain dynamic is they think they're the superhero, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. a la Lex they, Luthor. They're being the best. So yeah, dumb question, man. The best be. villains they can uh, be. <laughs> <laughs> but they've done this quite a few times. Um, a couple of years ago, they 3D printed um, a custom uh, uh, cartilage for the trachea um, for a. Uh, it was a 3D printed stint for a baby whose uh, trachea had uh, had collapsed. Didn't they build like a, a, a lattice work that, that then living... I thought that was some kind of... Um... Oh, the 3D printing graft thing. Yeah, I think that's a different yep. deal. Okay. And then there's, well, there's also firms, according to this article, uh, there's a firm called um, Organovo and a few others that are developing technology to print uh, living tissue and even entire organs. Which is well, wit. Organovo is definitely run by a supervillain. <laughs> yeah, Organovo. So come on. Like 
I am the Lord of Organova. <laughs> Not the managing director? Nope, the Lord. No, I'm the Lord. <laughs> we operate a feudal system. The super Lord. Uh, I'm the Lord Mark. <laughs> I imagine those like shareholders meetings when everyone has to address people by their <laughs> supervillainy titles. I will not speak to you unless you put on your cape. <laughs> um. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, oh so no! 3D printing. What, Why what, did what, I what? open the comments? Oh, no, Never of this article. Comments. Ever. <laughs> this guy goes. What if? What, what if, if the, the case, case were about, about a precious, precious U.S. soldier? They could have made the cranium entirely out of titanium, which is actually the best accepted material by by human body. <laughs> then one day, the concept of that cyborg Marcus Wright in Terminator Salvation, and then he links to links it. To, <laughs> he links to the wiki, the Terminator <laughs> wiki installment for Marcus Wright, the character from a very lesser Terminator sequel. And then he writes, "Who had human heart and brain embedded in metal skeleton and stuff will not be science fiction anymore." Wait. Thoughts. <laughs> then Hubble Space. Yeah. Thoughts? Thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> Just put it out there, guys. Gentlemen, I wish to have your point of view upon this subject. <laughs> to the drawing room. Presented for your approval. Let us retire to the discussion chambers <laughs> with our cigars and brandy. Civilized Ti- titanium brandy. Thoughts? <laughs> this guy, oh, I want to have him on this show. <laughs> He has an actual headshot. As I mean, his you guys don't read the comments on these. They're Not hilarious. on. Oh, never on science stories. I, I love yeah. the comments on, on science stories. <laughs> Let's start a discussion. I want to do another podcast called Probably Comments. Oh my! Where we just God. read the comments on the last episode we did. <laughs> just these guys. This guy must just troll comment boards looking for ways that he can make sci-fi movies real. Like, just please let this be the first. Yeah, yeah. Now, how about a uh, guys? How about a bit of a body mechanism? I'm interested. Type thing. Um, I feel like we're keeping in the um, keeping we're, in that. We're vein. very much in the life sciences this week. Yeah, we yeah. are. We are. Which I think is fair enough. We were very physicsy last week. Oh, yeah, no Seems. harm. No harm to get a bit of old, you know, skulls in there. A bit of bit of old biology in that. <laughs> bit of the old biology. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not mocking. I'm sorry. I'm, no, that's very welcome. No, welcome no, is what I'll say. No, it's not appropriate. <laughs> we were talking about my skull last night. Do you remember? I tried <laughs> because I have no sense of smell. That's I fell true. off what? my head. I fell off onto my head off a gate when I was very small, and I have a big bump in my skull just just at the front of the forehead. It happened down near my eyebrow okay. and grew up into the hairline, and I have no sense of smell. But they didn't put the two together. Wow. Until I was much older, and um, because the olfactory nerves are, are here at the front of the front of the cranium, apparently. And um, but how old were you when you? I was two when I fell, so it was about seven by the time my You'll mom. You'll notice the Irish woman's cranium affects her sense of smell. It's true. When, it's when true. We put Told the calipers you here, <laughs> the broad base of the. <laughs> it was a borderline German <laughs> towards the end there. That's I my like eugenics it. voice. Okay. Oh, <laughs> perfect for I that. I was doing a callback. Okay. okay. But when I was about seven, my, like mum would be, you know, she'd pick a flower or whatever, or whatever she was, you know, perfume or whatever, she'd put it to her nose and go, and then she'd hold it out to me, and I'd mimic. Do the same I'd thing. Just you're mimic. And then when I was seven or eight I went what why is it any different here than there than further further away from my why, nose when, why are we doing this activity we're doing this activity why when it's perfectly beautiful there two feet wow. away and she went what and I said 
what, what, what's the difference? And she went, what are you talking about? And then, and then when I was 18 in my first bed sit in Cork when I was going to university in Cork. and uh, you, went, you were 18 before you realised? I was, no, I, I realised. No, I knew, okay. I knew I had no sense of smell because I, I let so many things burn and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> just by complete accident. I'd be like, unless right. the smoke started stinging my eyes, I wouldn't realise something was burning. Does, wow. does your husband really let himself go then? He really, he reeks apparently. Now that's visible. He's, he reeks so bad, I can see it. Yeah. Um, but I uh, know it. But the, the landlord actually was sitting, has real stink lines. The landlord was sitting in my in my, the bedsit, and uh, apparently I'd left one of those old fashioned gas taps. It was one of those really old flats. Oh, oh no. And I'd left it open, and only that he came by that day because he only came by once. Well, you could have blown up. Could have blown up yeah. the whole building. Or, or killed everyone from, you well, know, including me. Gas. Yeah. 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 Because yes, yeah, turn on the light switch. But yeah, so so that's my skull story. So then you don't have much of a sense of taste then either. Cause a lot you of see, that comes that's from... that's that's something I would love to talk to an expert about because I yeah. know what I can taste. We were talking, about the, everyone was slagging me last night, saying, "No, you can't. That's not, that's well, not yeah, true." Yeah, because you have people tell you what you aren't able to distinguish, yeah. and you can you can distinguish certain things. Like you yeah. can distinguish certain spices. Yeah, ginger and cinnamon are different. And people, I, I told, was telling Matt there was a guy at the Edinburgh Fringe a few years ago, and he came fi- he came to find me in one of the bars, and he just went, "Thank God I found you." I'm doing a show about not having any sense of smell. Now, I have a sense of smell myself, but apparently, you know, I, I eat an onion during the show because apparently you people, you can't tell the difference between an apple you and an people. onion. <laughs> I was like, no, I can tell the difference between an apple and an onion. Because <laughs> I'm not an idiot. Because yeah, I'm not a fool. Uh, but uh, no, but I, you know, it, it, it more happens. and I, So I don't know what's happening. But then also you were talking with about the taste like... buds and what is actually, the me- what messages are reaching, what bits of the brain right, but aren't right. communi- being communicated to the bit that... Because there might be some bits that are subconsciously... sensation. Yeah. Because there also might be some bits where you could... Some where you subconsciously have the sense of smell, yeah, but exactly. it doesn't hit the conscious bits of your processing. So could I ever be a wine connoisseur? I don't know, but I'm going to die trying. And uh, yeah. but other than that, yeah, there are there are things I can distinguish and, and things that I can't. Well, but well, I know we have real science scientist listeners. Um, we do. If I don't know if any of you work in this particular field, I know we've got some medical people and. Uh, if help this, me, if help this me. Is it, like, please do write in. Like, oh, I love <laughs> right um, in. Write that, in or that's it. Probably science at gmail dot com. Yeah. It's, it's a nice website. There's also a contact us. Yes, thing on the website beautiful website built by Squarespace. <laughs> well, that <laughs> built by us using Squarespace, which is a very easy. So Squarespace didn't build the website themselves. You don't even need them to. Right, but I All thought you, you just do... tell them what you want, I and they have to do it because it's what, such a complicated just, process. Matt, it's so simple. You just pick really? a template that looks cool to you. Wow. And so this is like a Lego type deal almost. Yes. You just drag and drop. You can. You just guys are such a great play. team. Wow. <laughs> this is just so beautiful to watch. But yeah, if you want to build a website, or if you, well, you know what else is a great team, us and Squarespace, because it's an incredibly easy yes. website. Yeah, <laughs> their customer service is unparalleled. <laughs> their customer service a day. is unparalleled. I tried to find parallel customer service, no. and Strictly I found it perpendicular. Sometimes askew, perhaps adjacent at best. Yes, like but they didn't intersect, but they weren't par- like parallel. But, but if our listeners were to want to try out this Squarespace themselves, surely it'd be quite expensive you'd or at least full price. You'd be surprised. Oh, you'd be, no. you'd be surprised. They could actually get a ten percent discount, Matt. Yeah. Really? They could. Yeah. Free trial yeah. and a ten yeah. percent discount if they go to if they go to squarespace.com and use the offer code probably science. But that's the this name of our show. I know that is Isn't the name of our show. This is like an episode of Mad Men. It's- <laughs> <laughs> No, she's I, not I, talking about she's just talking about like the general abuse she's talking about yeah. <laughs> drinking right but you should <laughs> what we're if wearing. you go to our site you can see we just picked a template and it looks pretty cool and it didn't take much work if you go to probablyscience.com you can see an example of the kind of stuff you can do with Squarespace um, but yeah go sign up use our code and then we you know they like us and they keep the sponsorship going and you guys get a nice site out of it um, but I don't want to get too far away from this topic of sensory stuff because I was fascinated this week by a uh, 
a video that went viral of this woman who got a cochlear implant and heard for the first time. Did you yeah, see that video? Incredible. And I really want to talk to her. And she's like, it's it's amazing in these days how someone like that is. Well, I guess viral videos wouldn't even existed like 15 years ago, but uh, so accessible. Like a little bit of Googling. I'm like, oh, I, I have her Twitter. I'm like, we should try to get her on the show to Skype in now that she can hear and talk to her about that experience. Because the most interesting thing to me was the fact that she could understand words instantly. I, I was fascinated by that yeah. too. So she hasn't heard those sounds before. How do those But she had sounds... sight for most of her life. Yeah. And then she, she was deaf her whole life. She had sight until her 20s. And this Usher syndrome, it's called... Um, affected both her hearing and her vision, I think. So she went blind in her late 20s. Now she's 40 and she got her cochlear implant, but then she could hear right away. And I was like, I wanted to tweet at her and ask about that, but I'm like, I don't want to make it sound like I'm trying to like call her bluff or something. I don't, I don't doubt her, but I want to know, how did you know what those words meant when you heard them? Yeah, the so first... they, they could just be random sounds. You know, there's, yeah. you know languages, obviously, a very complex she was, system she could of speak, sounds. So she'd been taught to speak. So yeah. it would be a combination of, I would have thought, hear. of lip reading and recognizing mouth shapes and repeating those mouth shapes. And... Right, right. But, but isn't she vision impaired as well? So... But, but she could see until her late 20s. So for the last 10 years, she hasn't seen, but presumably when she learned to speak, she could see and read lips and couldn't hear just, it's, it's fascinating to me. I want to try to get her it's on the amazing. show. We can... she, it was a, it was a really powerful video. I, I cry mean, every time I watch it. It's, I've it's, watched I it like four times, and I've wonderful. cried every time. Yeah, it's. So wow. you guys haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it. All right, I guess I'm a wuss. I guess no, I'm no. just like a little weak-hearted. I'm sure um, I'll cry when I watch it. You, you will actually. You will. Powerful um, stuff. Um, did they put a music bed under it? No music bed. No, it was just so uh, it's straight up. Yeah. But her therapist also had a very lyrical voice, and she was reading off the months of the year to her as the thing turned on, and like her hands trembled, and she just lost it as she could actually hear what the person was saying. I don't want to think about it too much because I'm getting goosebumps. Are goose are goosebumps different from the ASMR thing? Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's totally Do, different. Let me ask you this: Do you have a? a I thought you were about to ask whether what like a goosebumps a thing you have in Britain. <laughs> <laughs> that's normally when you have that look on your face. Chip, that's yeah, normally yeah, like is this that's a my thing condescending you have? American look. I just gave you. <laughs> Do you have a? It's like no, we call them duckling pickles. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. That took me a while to adjust to when I moved to London, but you told me you said duckling pickles, and <laughs> yeah, I soon cottoned on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It always takes a while. You know, when you moved to London, I bet you uh, had to readjust your kind of reset your body clock. Oh, probably yeah. Something that happens. Probably got mm-hmm. some jet lag or something. Of course. Yeah. Uh, you know, scientists yep. have finally found the mechanism to reset it. Um, researchers from the University of Manchester have discovered a new mechanism that governs how body clocks uh, react to changes in the environment. And this is a story sent in by listener. I'm losing this. Uh, listener, uh, Nico uh, uh, Valador. Yes. And, which is uh, a good, like, villain slash wrestler name, I think. Oh, yeah. yeah. Nico Valador. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, it's a pretty big find because it could provide a solution uh, kind of for alleviating the, the effects of chronic shift work and jet lag and things this like that. This is something I'm interested in because I'm, I'm, I travel backwards and forwards from the UK quite a lot and... We get it. We get it. <laughs> you're famous. You're comedian. All right. God. You're tired. Jesse, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the team's findings reveal that the enzyme uh, casein kinase one. This is one epsilon or CK1 epsilon. You chose to read epsilon. this story. <laughs> it's on you. Get it right, Jesse. I know. Well, it uh, controls how easily the body's clockwork can be adjusted or reset by environmental cues such as light and temperature. But uh, internal biological timers or our circadian clocks um, are found in almost every species on the planet. In mammals, including humans, 
Uh, circadian clocks are found in most cells and tissues of the body and orchestrate daily rhythms in our physiology. We um, talked about this a bit on the on the sleep special episode where it, mm-hmm. um, uh, it we found out that uh, even like every pretty much every living thing has some equivalent of sleep. Even plants and even bacteria mm-hmm. right. have some point in the day when their m- metabolic processes slow down or wow yeah and their biochemistry changes mhm yeah um at the heart of these clocks are a complex set of molecules whose interaction provides robust and precise 24 hour timing uh importantly our clocks are kept in synchrony with the environment by being responsive to light and dark information um so they've sort of figured out a new mechanism uh, through which our clocks respond to these light inputs. During the study, mice lacking the CK1 epsilon... I still kill me with CK1. <laughs> I know. Uh, a component of the clock uh, were able to shift to a new light-dark environment, much like the experience in shift work or long-haul air travel, uh, much faster than normal. And the team went on to show that drugs that inhibit CK1 epsilon were able to speed up shift responses of normal mice and critically that faster adaptation of the new environment uh, minimalized... Minimalized. Minimalized it. Uh, minimalized. <laughs> no, just, just lessened it. Just made it... Made it, made it minimal. Minimal. Made it minimal. Uh, it minimized metabolic disturbances caused by the time shift. So it could, killed it on that paragraph, you guys, basically. Killed it. Killed it. Fucking great. Um, so, you know, we're not genetically predisposed to quickly adapt to shift work or long-haul flights, but uh, <laughs> our body clocks are built to resist such rapid changes. Unfortunately, we've got to deal with these issues, so... Gonna make some drugs. That's what they're doing. Well, that's kind of cool, though. That would be... Like, I... I've used um, uh, melatonin tablets before. Yeah. Which do, goes, you find, do you find they work? I, I don't know. I don't know how much of it is actually them working and how much of it is just a, a placebo. How mm. much, um, but they I, they feel like they're helping. Yeah, like, that's I what feel, counts. Yeah, I feel like it's doing something to... And uh, Dr. Matt did say on the, uh, that they do do something to help... Mm-hmm. Reset your circadian rhythm. Yeah, they don't, they don't help you. They don't help you stay asleep, but they help you think it's time to go to sleep. So yeah, they don't. They don't right? make you. Go, they don't knock you out. They're not. Uh, they like also don't help pills, you but not they... sound like a hippie. I've noticed that about, yeah. about taking melatonin <laughs> yeah, we're tablets. Not bad at all. It just helps uh, reset your natural rhythms. It just kind of works. <laughs> it works with the body, guys. <laughs> it works. Uh, it's just true to yourself. <laughs> it aligns some of your chakras, you know. It gets it all together. But uh, you mentioned this this app for Macintosh computers. <laughs> 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 oh my God, this is like it's like Stepford Wives. I, I you know, guys are I, all actually robots. Right? I know. <laughs> I'm such a PC guy. I have, I have the one. Apple, Mac, You're not a what do you PC call guy. It? You said the N word last night. Hey, that's right. Uh, but in my office, I have, I have, um, I have an iMac. What, I don't know what it is. I have a fucking uh, Mac. Of but some hang sort. on, it's an like iMac. A, but you, it was more the word computer. Was computer. that was the one you got weird? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is the same computer. for everything. Well, what happened computer? was, but like the fact that we, we use app to describe what is just a fucking program. Now that has become ubiquitous. Where for a while it meant okay. just things on phones, and now I guess even yeah, any, I, any piece of software look, man, on I a use, Mac, even I on use, a desktop, is now called an app. I have a program so, that I'm, I've been. I you, think it's doing started, good things called Flux. I started F- using F-L. it, and it's so infuriating. Every time I come home and it's after dark and it's turning and it's it's on, it makes my screen orange, and I'm just like disable for one hour. I want to go back to seeing things. Oh no, the no, right that's what way. I do. And it, this one did it during the uh, during the course of the podcast. So if and you're I turning it off. It. What's the point of it? But when I because 
Uh, but also the new version, you can change what your body clock is. So now I've got it set so it doesn't start dimming till about 10 or 11. But at the point that it's dimming, you shouldn't be looking at your computer. You should just go to bed. Right, but you do, the though. The why, whole point is that you do. I'll, I lie in bed, but I lie in bed and I, like, I will still... I'll read stuff on the internet. I'll be watching. I'll and be it's watching hard to read because your screen's my- orange. <laughs> it's trying to mimic sunset, where it's already many hours past sunset. But, but it- your eyes, your eyes do it, and you can also change how orange it makes it. Like oh, I've okay. turned the settings down a bit. I haven't made. It, I've made it less extreme. I should, I should do that. Too. But I do. But it definitely. Again, I don't know whether it makes a difference or whether it's all psychosomatic. But I. If I'm re- if I'm reading but in bed like at night it. now, yeah. yeah. Now yeah. if I'm reading in bed late at night, I change the tones yeah. using this program so that it's less light like white and blue light and more right. orange and red light going right. into my eyes how would you feel about uh being able to actually just fully see at night in the dark matt <laughs> um well we've discussed super villains so far and uh i don't know we should probably put it more to our guests would you be in favor of seeing that you've lost the sense of smell so have other senses compensated can you no, see in the dark i wish that was true i wish i could sort of you know, be. I wish I could touch music, or you know, I wish I could tell you something interesting like that. No, and you know, as I as I'm getting older, my my eyesight's going, and it's feeling really unfair. Given that, you know, obviously I haven't lived a, a life like that that wonderful brave woman with the with the implants. But, but I, you know, I do find, feel to, a sense of injustice. I'd love as, to see like an equivalent video where you have like a nasal implant. Yeah. <laughs> and just go, yeah, horseradish. This is gross. The world is gross. Just frying garlic in front of you for the first time. You just everyone smells tears. of piss and Febreze. <laughs> oh no! Um, well, yeah. uh, there are these new uh, graphene contact lenses, and they can let you see in the dark. This is a story uh, sent in by uh, Julian Alberto, who's also sent us stories in the past. We do, we're doing all listener sent in stories this week. I think. I know. I know. Um, thanks to graphene contact lenses, we all might be able to uh, soon experience the superhero ability of having night vision. This is uh, according to Zhaohu Zhang, uh, an assistant professor of electrical and computer engineering at the University of Michigan. Uh, contact lenses one day in the near future will be able to register the entire infrared spectrum as well as visible and ultraviolet light. Uh, yeah. So hang on, how do these... So these are contact lenses, but contact lenses, like most contact lenses normally just focus light that's coming into the eye already. It just refocuses it because the shape of your... Lens is distorted. So these will, and these will keep doing. You want to just just put these in for for dark. They, this is they will do the whole thing. They will do the actual basic vision stuff as well as. I don't. I think this is probably for more weird like. Um, oh. Oh wait, no. It said it, it, it could be stacked on a contact lens. Uh, oh, this is getting interesting. Now. So yeah, it, it says it's super super thin. Um. Super, super thin. Okay, so I guess it would have to um, it would have to somehow convert the infrared or ultraviolet light into visible light. Like it would have to do that. It's not just a well. It, there's an insulating barrier. It's 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 made of layers. Um, so it is definitely thicker than one ply toilet paper. <laughs> that was um, my next question. Yeah. <laughs> um, they created a sandwich of layers. Um, not a burrito of layers. This is a definite yes. definite flat. Uh, flat sandwich. Uh, there would be an insulating barrier between two extremely thin slices of graphene, and an electrical current would then be sent through the bottom layer. The design uh, would be super thin and could be uh, stacked on a contact lens or integrated with a cell phone. Mm. Um, so, oh, this is weird. 
I just want to know more about how it works. Cool. It's cool, though. It yeah, sounds it's cool. Really, I'd like to be able to see in the dark. Yes, but I'd this love is that. just sort of explaining that they've done it. It's not really explaining how they got there, and I, that fascinates me because I agree with Matt that it would have to convert that to regular light for you to be able to see it. I mean, night vision goggles still illuminate. They, they're, all they're doing is converting and illuminating what you see back into your lens. So there's this is, has to have some backwards projection on this or something. Uh, I don't know. Here we go. I found another article that sort of that might go into more detail. Okay. Uh, so they were, um, they sh- uh, they did it by shifting their attention away from measuring electrons that are freed when the light hits the graphene uh, to how to amplify the signal. They looked at how nearby currents were affected by the electrical charges in light-induced gra- graphene. Uh has an insulating layer sandwiched between two sheets of graphene. Electrons are freed when light hits the top layer of the graphene, which then creates positively charged holes. The electron then slips through the middle barrier into the bottom layer of graphene, where a current runs through. So this won't give anyone cancer or anything, probably. No, no, we're all good. Uh, Positively charged (laughs) holes left behind create an electrical field that affects the flow of electricity going through the bottom layer, which creates a way for the researchers to measure the change in electrical current which makes it possible to deduce the brightness of the th- of the light hitting the graphene. Oi. Wow. wow. Oh, that didn't really help me, but... Didn't uh, help me at all. No, I, the listeners. I, I, I think I get it. They I haven't just... created a contact lens prototype, but they believe that the discovery will have way. military and scientific uses. Oh, finally, it's always... Terminator Salvation. Finally, we're going to get... That. Oh, someone needs to tell this other guy about that. <laughs> that, that one, Marcus the Cyborg. Attention he internet knows. commenters. He knows. He knows. He's all over this site. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. I just want to know when I'm going to get my um, transitions contact lenses. That's all I want. I think science can do that. The way you can have eyeglasses that change and become sunglasses. Oh, yeah, yeah. I would kill I for want those, those for contacts. Yeah, Why I, can't we just have those I for contacts? Yeah. Well, if anybody's listening, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've timestamped this by saying it on the podcast. It's my idea, but if someone can help you impl- implement absolutely it. absolutely not your idea. My, come <laughs> there's, on. There's what? no way. No, that's my idea. Jesse, I have a couple ideas that are mine and mine alone until I Google them and find out they've already been done. One of my ideas that are I was you talking like, about the toilet lever? Yes, the toilet lever. You're bringing lever. up a toilet lever? <laughs> because I was like, why, why would I'm you have to touch the seat? Exactly. What why should you have to touch the seat? There should be a pedal next there to the toilet. There should be a pedal. You press it, the seat goes up, seat goes down. No so one pees on the seat again. And I'm like, I should, and I thought about, it was in my head for a long time, and then like a few months ago, I finally Googled it. I'm like, 10 different companies make a thing like that, of Dude, course. It's when I thought, because we've discussed this, how I had that idea too. Oh, okay. So you know, every man has thought Every man has yeah. thought of that. But I, uh, I wrote it on a letter and I posted it right. to myself in the 80s. Right, right, right. <laughs> so I legally, uh-huh. you, like, you know, le- you can use a stamp as money. Technically, it's government currency. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, they, they should take to, it at any shop. They have to take <laughs> they, it. They, they have legally. to take that. Um, no, but when I thought of it, I thought, oh, I'm a millionaire now. I'm a right. million. This is, this is going to be in every male restroom everywhere. Yeah. Why would you ever want to touch a thing? Yes. It should all because I use my feet anyway. Every guy uses their feet to lift and lower the seat. Really? Of course. Oh, this I just, is I just, No, I just I, mouth it. I use my, my, yeah, <laughs> my, <laughs> my my hands are on my penis. You can so use gonna, exactly the same thing. Yeah, I'm, I get down yeah, there. And, yeah, but honestly, just tongue you it don't up. ever touch it. Right? I just use my feet, oh, home or away. I've touched feet it. Only. I touch it occasionally at home, maybe, but like feet, even at home, mostly. Feet at home? Yeah. Why? I'm wearing shoes. I can just lift it easily. My feet are agile enough to so like. So now you put... have the stuff that's been on your shoes is going up your asshole. <laughs> 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 
I don't put it in the middle of the seat. I put it in the side of the seat, lift it up, lift it. Every guy does that. I'm not crazy. What? You don't use your hands at home to lift in the seat. In my own private bathroom, I use my foot to lift and lower the seat. Also, just that for ease. Weird. Ease of like not bending over. Like It's faster just to use your foot. It's probably very good for your hamstrings as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a balancing thing. You can develop I feel your... like you should have to do everything in there then with your feet. You wipe with your feet. Oh, I do. You yeah. get, you brush get, my teeth with my you feet. Brush your teeth. And, and he's full of bonobo when he's yeah. home. Yeah. <laughs> it's all foot zone. Wow. My other idea, though, that I, maybe I shouldn't even say this on go the air because I would be it. losing this great idea. Bro. But it's, well, it's, it's timestamped. You said it out loud on the show. Stamped. Then we so and you, honestly, I, it's like mailing it back to yourself. I'm not even kidding. This is a great idea. If someone else has the way of implementing this, go ahead. I don't need money for it, but like thank me or something when your car comes out. But like, why? So. We have brake lights on cars, but all they tell you is the car is braking, the car is not braking. Accelerometers are trivially cheap. Why would you not have an accelerometer? Oh, the brightness level? Yes. Either either as the car, if the car is braking at a much, if, if, if it's decelerating oh, no, much more rapidly, mm-hmm. it gets brighter. Some cars, yeah. the bright light, the bright light, the changes in intensity depending on how hard you press it. Oh, okay. Well, mm-hmm. that was my idea. Or, no, or even having it, yes. or when it goes beyond a certain idea. point, it starts blinking because like, think it's how like many some re- kind of goddamn Terminator car. How many rear endings it- would be prevented? Because like, all you know is this person's breaking, but if they're suddenly like really breaking, you should know that information behind them and That's it's so an easy stuff. to transfer that information by just having the brake light be either You're brighter. You're still pitching the thing that we just said is been I out still, for years. I, I can't believe, I've never seen it or heard about it. I mean, <laughs> no. You're still I, selling it to us. I don't think it exists. Someone on Reddit has asked that exact question. And and the top answer is uh, more recent higher-end cars like the 2008 and on BMW 5 Series cars I know have this for sure. Oh, okay. It works in three yeah. layers, the bottom being the lightest braking being pushed, the middle being a harder braking, and all three for hardest. But see, it shouldn't even be a high-end car thing because think of how cheap accelerometers are. Well, like, it's ab- no, has- absolutely. I think most high-end car things shouldn't be high-end car things. Yeah. But that's, I mean, now we're getting into the politics okay. of the okay. fucking auto Fine. industry. Fine, I have no good ideas. My toilet shit, my fucking car thing, and whatever the third thing was. But what about a car where you only control the speed and stopping of it with your feet rather than your <gasps> mouth as we currently do? <laughs> Think of the think about how many people have borrowed. Like, if you've got a rental car, think of the hygienic progress. Yeah, I don't want to put my mouth on the same accelerator that everyone, every other driver of that car is using. Son of a bitch! Oh, God damn it! Fine, I got bad ideas. Fine, no, you got good ideas. You, they're just not unique. Transition contact lenses. Reddit that, Matt. Go look up transition contact no, lenses. They're great ideas. I just can't believe you use your feet on the toilet at home. Oh yeah, totally. Totally. Why would you not? Why would you not? Because that's... I also pick things up off the floor with my feet. I do that by too. default. If there's a shirt on the floor and I'm barefoot, I'll use my feet. Yeah. Well, yeah, but that's because it feels cool. Yeah. You, you feel know? like a superhero. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but... Very limited superhero. Yeah. Johnny Handfoot. Yeah. <laughs> Here he comes. Oh man. My Damn baby like, I... on the floor, <laughs> just in front of me. <laughs> you sir, holding that tray of drinks. Is there anything you can do? <laughs> Yeah, I just uh, yeah, it blows my mind though to use the foot on the because I I would assume that would make the toilet seat more dirty. But I'm I get up underneath it. It's a part that no part of your body ever touches anyway. How as do far you as like I, you're, not, you're not adding any you're not adding any germs to the seat. If you were touching it, you would probably be taking some away onto uh, your you hands. Know, and there you could really employ the three second rule anyway. I mean that would be very quick foot touch. Yeah. Now yeah. let me tell, let me kick it up. Just don't even like up. don't even gently just give yeah. it a good. But let me ask you this though: is if Okay, as I know, because I've Googled as well, if 10 companies have come out with this, this pedal, why don't you just get one for your bathroom? 
because they all seem like fly-by-night operations. I want someone to make a good one. Like they all seem like um, you want one of those. Who's the guy who died from his cocaine and his airplane hit on the head? The guy with the Billy Mays. He's, they all yeah. seem like the OxyClean guy who are mm-hmm. selling these. Uh, you want one of those magical Japanese toilets where it, it lifts up automatically and then then it except down I, automatically no, and I, the Japanese toilets sprays the whole room with breeze afterwards. I, I, I used to travel to Japan for work and I tried one of this those magical toilets <laughs> with like the <laughs> special spray thing. Like it doesn't I even. Think, I think we might have talked about this on the it, show because. I, yeah, it's when enough, I was in Japan, enough. I don't I got, trust it. I got so intrigued. You still use your I still, no, I, I still in- use paper afterwards. <laughs> I got intrigued as to how it worked, and I was trying to see where the nozzle came from. So I stood up and pressed the button, <laughs> but it didn't come out. So I was like, "Why isn't it coming out?" And then I realized, "Oh, there's like yeah. a weight sensor. Like the nozzle won't come out unless someone sat on it." So then I, I like knelt on it. I put one knee on the seat, and that still didn't work. It obviously wasn't heavy enough. Yeah. So I put like my right knee and my left hand. Uh, so that was enough weight collectively and then I pushed the bottom with my right hand and then I watched as like a little nozzle came out from the back of the toilets and then sprayed an arc of water straight into my now clothed crotch oh no (laughs) so so then I had to sort of I had to press the dryer button and hover over it (laughs) there's a dryer button on yours? oh yeah yeah it it was a fancy gadget Um, but we should wrap up in a second but I should tell you um, uh, uh, Nicole Hazler uh, listener Who's Nicole Hazler oh, and my girlfriend but uh, she sent in a she sent in a story also conveniently linked to her workplace website uh, KCET but it was about the three second the three second rule five second rule five second yeah. rule it was uh, that supposedly has been proven by some scientific studies uh, but uh Apparently, around five seconds is when bacteria starts attaching itself to food, according to a new study. Seems bullshitty. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But here's the bit that that I think is the most fun. Um, 87% of people surveyed say they would eat food that has fallen on the floor, uh, with 55% of these people women. So women are more likely than men to eat food that's Mm. that's landed on the floor. Hell yeah. I'll eat it, but only if I pick it up off the floor with my feet. (laughs) With your feet. With your feet, yeah. yeah. And I will only eat it if Andy's picked it up off the floor with his feet. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. if it lands on the toilet seat, you'll just eat it right there in your mouth. I will call Andy in. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Andy, could you just just come and get this with you? But I love that I've I've actually remembered it as the three-second rule because, you know, that's... Well, Irish floors are dirty. You know, I'm not a savage. And... (laughs) Five is too long. Three is fine, but five is ridiculous. Yeah. I refute that. Well, yeah, I think, three seconds. I think fine. a lot of people think a second is much quicker than it is. <laughs> like if you ask someone just to count seconds, do you want to know? This is this is the nerdiest. Oh, this, but this is a handy trick. Okay, uh, there is a song that is exactly sixty beats per minute. That's pretty easy to get in your head if you want to count seconds. If you're a child of the '80s, um, "King of Pain" by The Police. <laughs> Okay. Is exactly 60 beats per minute. So whenever I want to count seconds, I'm like, mm, 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 mm. Okay. There's a little black spot on the sun today. <laughs> One second. <laughs> sure. It's the same old thing <laughs> as yesterday. It's a second. It's a nothing second. It's my soul. Up there. I stood it before I saw the ball. Yeah. Nice. So that's the wow, second. Right? This yeah. is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> this show's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, man, I mean, most songs are 120 BPM, aren't they? Really? Is that a thing? What? That most songs are exactly one particular... Well, I know all, like, house tracks or, like, club Tempo? tracks are 130. So they, they can easily just... They do that for the DJs. Them? Oh, okay. I think most most pop radio songs are 120. I didn't even know there was any uniformity to the to tempos of, of popular music. Yeah. yeah. It's, as, it's as if they've got it down to some kind of formula. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> almost, almost, it's almost, almost appears as if, that way. It's, it's almost, almost as if these big record companies know what uh, is going to sell to the <laughs> preteen market. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, we should we should wind things up. We yeah, should yeah. wrap things up. We've been talking for a while, but uh, Tara, where can our listeners find out more about you? Um, Taraflynn.ie, which is my website, or I'm Taraflynn on Twitter. That's my favorite That's cool. hangout. And you've got some really cool, funny video. There's some really funny uh, songs you've done that are on YouTube, and some you've started uh, doing some quite political yeah, parody videos. It's 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 hard living in Ireland at the moment, and and not being political so they're kind of coming out that way but I hope they're still funny they're very so, good so oh, yeah good. Check, check those out I hope uh, an Irish band talks about politics one day <laughs> I hope there'll be a day listen I'll tell you what Jesse I hope there'll be a day I hope there'll be a day they don't have to <laughs> Where do you even get those sunglasses? <laughs> fly shop. It's the fly shop. Beautiful day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, uh, you know how Bono's always on South Park? And all he does when he walks is goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's just how he walks. Oh, boy. Um, so t- find Tara Flynn online. And as always, um, any questions, comments, clarifications, probably science at gmail.com. Tweet us at Probably Science. Uh, write nice things about us on iTunes. Subscribe if you're not already subscribed. Tell your friends. Be nice to each other. Listen next week. Thanks a lot for joining us. Yep.